Hi everyone, this is Grace Cho from Entrepreneur. We are so excited to speak with Anel Miller. Anel is the executive director for the Society of Illustrators here based in New York. She's had an incredible career spanning 16 years at the Estee Lauder companies, launching one of their most successful brands called Origins. She's also been tirelessly working for nonprofits helping families, children, and women. Anel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Grace. It's, it's really exciting to be doing this. I am so thrilled and honored to be speaking with you today. In your early years, you studied fashion illustration in high school and art school. What drew you to fashion illustration? It was really the way I grew up. My dad was in the shoe business, having a younger sister and three women in the family. We were very much into shoes and fashion, and my mom was quite a fashionable lady. So I think I was just always drawn to fashion in that way. I worked at Henry Bendel selling shoes even before I was probably even allowed to work. But of course, with the connection with my dad, he was able to make that happen for me. Unbelievable. Did you always want to be an artist or a creative? I was always a very creative young person. And my parents encouraged me to take private art lessons and then really encouraged me to apply to the High School of Art and Design and help me do that. How did you end up at Estee Lauder? That's an interesting little path as well. After graduating from Parsons, actually my final year at Parsons, you had to do an internship at a company and I was placed at J.C. Penney. And after graduating from Parsons, J.C. Penney hired me as a staff illustrator. So I sat in a very large bullpen with many artists. If you can imagine back then in the 70s, we just drew all day. We did all of the illustrations for all of the catalogs and the advertising that J.C. Penney was producing at the time. But I was always doing freelance work on the side, and I was doing a lot of freelance work for a small pharmaceutical advertising agency, uh, who then asked me to come on board to be an assistant art director. And at the time, I saw that fashion illustration, the field was really changing. There was so much photography that was coming into the picture. And for me, it seemed like fashion illustration might not necessarily be the most lucrative career path that I could take. So I thought having the experience as being an art director might, might really be a good thing to do. And it was a good thing. So I joined the, this small pharmaceutical advertising agency and worked very closely with the head art director and learned back then everything from typesetting to layout to retouching, all of the things that, you know, many of which don't exist anymore in the industry. It was an incredible experience. At the time, a very good friend of mine who we went to both to high school and Parsons together was working up at Estee Lauder. And she called me one day to tell me that the head art director for Aramis was looking for an assistant, and she thought that I should come in and talk to him and, and see what the possibilities were. So that's sort of how it happened. I went in and spoke to him, and he was a lovely, lovely man who had been at the Estee Lauder companies for many years and was looking for a young person to come in and really do a lot of the work and maybe not get as much credit for it as, as possible in the beginning. But I was determined to make my mark there. I started in 1978 as the assistant art director for Aramis. And then over the years, just got promoted and 
moved up the ranks. And finally, I was asked to join a team that was creating Origins, and that was led by William Lauder. And it was an extraordinary experience. It is an incredible career to start so young and so early and, and really work your way up to such a senior position. What skills in those early days at Estee Lauder really marked the difference in terms of success? I think that there, there's a couple of things when you're working in a corporate environment. Number one, you have to be a team player. You have to learn how to really get along with all levels of management and really find mentors in a company like that, which I did. I found amazing, amazing women who, who really were able to mentor me and, and teach me a lot about the business and about managing people. One of the takeaways for me from Estee Lauder was learning how to be a good manager of people. What was it like to create that brand and actually bring it to market? That was incredible. And, you know, as I tell students when I speak, whether it's high school or college level, you can't always predict what your career is going to be like. You know, there was no way that I ever thought sitting in high school or even at Parsons, like, oh, one day I'm going to help create a cosmetics company. I mean, that's, that's not anything that you plan for. That's the kind of thing that just happens and you have to take advantage of it when it does. And it was an amazing experience. I worked with extraordinary people in every category of business, public relations, marketing, advertising, product development. It was just a remarkable experience. Sounds like a fantasy job to me. You mentioned mentorship as an important factor. How did you learn about the business side of things? I learned as, as I went along, learning from all of these people in the different parts of what they did. I learned about marketing and the person who was head of marketing for Origins is still a very good friend of mine. I learned about finance from someone who still is a very good friend of mine. So I built these lasting friendships along the way as well, which is, is really pretty remarkable and so satisfying. So I learned. I did everything I possibly could from these extraordinary professionals. And even though I was the creative person, I was able to give my input and, and sit in strategy meetings and really be able to contribute on a very high level. Fortunately, I am one of those people that does feel confident about what I do. Not arrogant, but just confident, which is you know, very different. So I think that that really helps. And what about the management responsibilities? It's one thing to be an individual contributor, but it's another thing to actually lead people. How did that skill develop and blossom? Well, I, I think that from a very early age, I was always able to really get along with people and, and work as a team with people. Maybe it was being an older sister. So I had a younger person that I always needed to take care of. But the incredible part about the Estee Lauder companies is they give you a chance to learn and they send you for seminars and they send you on programs. And I participated in everything that I could to really learn about management and learn about personality types and how to manage different people to watch how other people manage. I mean, I certainly saw other experiences within the corporate world that I knew I didn't want to emulate and I knew I didn't want to be that kind of a person. So you, you learn by seeing other things as well, both positive and negative. And then you went into entrepreneurial pursuits, which is a completely different direction. My food business was created at the exact same time that I launched the Origins brand. So I was working full time and started this other business on the side as well. 
I guess I've just always felt that one needs to be doing more than one thing at a time. <laughs> the ultimate in multitasking, but I created the food business in 1990 as well. And that was really a pretty interesting endeavor. I worked in that business uh, with my sister. We built that for several years until it really uh, became probably too much for both of us because we still, both of us were, were working in full-time jobs. It takes a lot of courage to start a business. And I would love to hear more about how you made that decision to go for it. Again, I think it has to do with confidence and not having any fear. If you don't try things, you don't succeed. You also don't have a chance to fail is part of what helps you succeed. It really was just something that, that I wasn't afraid to do. And, and I saw an opportunity and I thought I could do this. And it was incredible. It was really fun. And my sister and I worked together and we worked really hard because I was working, as I said, full time all day. I would come home and I would cook and we rented a commercial kitchen in Brooklyn. And on weekends, we would go to the commercial kitchen and do all of our cooking and get all of our orders organized for distribution. So it just it just grew. And then amongst all of this, your constant commitment to giving back, it's been a big part of your life. That has always been important to me, giving back. And I think that definitely comes from my parents. My mom was a person who did so much for so many. And I think I just saw that growing up. So even at Estee Lauder, I was very instrumental in creating collaborations with organizations, whether it was New Alternatives for Children or Take Your Daughters to Work Day. So I just continued doing that really throughout my life. And now I'm actually doing it on a very, very different level. I can talk a little bit about the work we do here at the Society, which is pretty extraordinary at the moment. We have partnerships with the New York City Parks After School Organization, and we run a summer camp for disadvantaged children, and we run a drawing academy. And most recently, we started an art academy on Rikers Island, and we work with young men ages 18 to 21. We go to Rikers Island once or twice a week, and we create art and have a pretty extraordinary experience. We do other wonderful community outreach partnerships with uh, the School Art League, with Exploring the Arts, with the Inkwell Foundation. We still contribute a good amount of children's books to new alternatives for children and to homeless shelters around the city. Unbelievable. Well, you've been an uh, entrepreneur. You've worked in a large corporation such as Estee Lauder. This is a nonprofit. So are there any significant differences in the way that you operate on a daily basis? My biggest challenge is uh, fundraising, which you don't feel in a large corporation at all. You have to make numbers and you have to show profit and loss, but you personally are not in charge of going out there and trying to raise money. So when it comes to the business of art, that's not an area that some visual artists feel like it's their strength. They need to learn more about that. So as a result, you're teaching business of art at FIT. Yes, I teach in the MFA program in illustration, and I've been doing that now for almost nine years. And I teach a segment of the business class. The segment that I teach is really interesting for me because I teach creative people so much of what I just talked to you about, how to have confidence, how to 
look at themselves as a business, how to create themselves as a business and what what goes into doing that. And it's often challenging for creative people to put on the business hat and realize that they need to know about these things in order to be successful. I do a lot of creative exercises with my class and we do a creative writing as well. And I work with them on their resumes and their bios and their artist statements, really trying to just bring a level of professionalism to the creative side of what they're doing. Yes, that's a big lesson here. What are your thoughts on the advent of technology? How has it impacted this profession of illustration? It's changed the profession tremendously, but I think the bottom line that I always say is that the the basis of incredible illustration is good drawing. So whether you're going to draw traditionally or whether you're going to use technology and be a digital artist, you really need to know how to draw. Digital is a tool, as is the charcoal pencil or the oil paints or any anything else like that. So for me, it's always about good drawing. And there's amazing, amazing art that's being produced at the moment digitally. And though the business has changed, there are still different opportunities for illustrators. There's gaming and video and moving images and animation and incredible ways that illustrators can showcase and show their work. What do you think are the most important skills to master in order to succeed? You need to be a really nice person. You need to make friends. You need to network. You can't burn bridges. You need to be a good person so that people want to work with you. I think that's so important. And with that, thank you so much, Anel Miller. Thank you, Grace. This is Grace Cho for Entrepreneur. It's been the Creative Careers Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. Until the next time, bye-bye.